0: More than half of the world's population lives in urban areas, like the UK's capital city, London. The city's population is predicted to exceed 11 million by 2050. Cities such as London are major contributors to the climate emergency and generate a huge amount of waste. Did you know that around 7 million tonnes of waste is produced each year in London from homes, public buildings and businesses? Well, in this episode, we visit one of the leading facilitators of Circular Economy Activity in London. Re-London designs initiatives that encourage Londoners to engage with the circular economy. Their partnership with the Mayor of London and the London boroughs aims to transform the city into a leading low-carbon circular economy. Welcome to the Circular Economy Show podcast from the Ellen McCarth Foundation. I'm Seb and in the second part of our London Focused mini-series, we'll meet some of the team from re Hi, my
1: name's Wayne Hubbard. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of ReLondon, which is a partnership uh, of the Mayor of London and London's boroughs. And we're on a mission to revolutionise our relationship with stuff.
0: With cities playing a vital part in the shift to a circular economy, I asked Wayne why it's so important for London to show leadership in this space. As
1: one of the biggest, uh, and I would say most important cities in the world, it, it kind of is a duty, I think, for cities like London to show leadership in this space. Cities are places where people live, obviously, and as we know, most people in the globe live in cities and you know, by something like 20, 50, 70% of the population will live in cities globally. It's the expansion of uh, cities and the move to a increased global middle class that's driving ever increasing consumption and that's driving um, climate change. And so it's important for for London to show uh, leadership in this space, but I think fundamentally for for re-London and for the Mayor of London and London's boroughs, we're really concerned about the impact that London as a city has beyond its boundary. So most carbon accounting is done within the the boundary of the city or the region uh, or the country. But if you apply a consumption based accounting and you take into account uh, the extraction, production, transport, use and disposal of stuff and you allocate those emissions to the users, then it changes the equation quite dramatically in terms of the impact that cities and city dwellers and citizens who live in cities and people who work and travel to cities have. Um, so it's really important for us to tackle that and we think the circular economy offers a number of strategies to do that through behaviour change, uh, through addressing food waste uh, and uh, healthier lifestyles and also through supporting businesses who are circular businesses which is what we do at ReLondon and that has a double dividend of both improving the environment but also creating jobs and opportunities for Londoners and as we move into an uh, uh, increased cost of living crisis, the circular economy, which is in itself a redistributive system. So we talked about uh, reuse and we talked about recycling and sharing. Those kinds of things are really, really kind of fundamental building blocks of the circular economy. But they also have the, the benefit that in times of uh, uh, cost of living crises, that helps the economically disadvantaged. And it's a more efficient way of using food, redistributing food, for example. I think something like 60% of London's food that ends up on a plate that goes to landfill is edible. And of that edible food waste, something like 0.5% is redistributed. You know, so that the circular economy clearly can help with that. So it's a massive advantage to cities and, uh, like London to apply circular economy thinking, both... Uh, Policy wise, but also in, in, including incentivising businesses to deal with those problems.
0: As we heard in the previous episode, it's often a lack of collaboration that prevents further progress. I asked Wayne more about how Re London is working with the Mayor to help London reach its targets.
1: So, the Mayor of London will be hosting this autumn a round table with some of the uh, CEOs from the biggest food producers and retailers in the world, actually. And um, talking to those and trying to get some agreement and action about reducing food loss and waste in the supply chain is a really efficient way of dealing with that side of the equation. But these are these are big issues, and it's going to take collaboration with citizens, business, uh, civil society, and government to, to deal with these at scale. One of the ways, actually, that we are approaching this problem is to do work both at the the London-wide level, but also work with citizens at the neighborhood level. And um, an example of that is some work that we're doing with the London Borough of Hounslow in one of their areas, one of their neighborhoods. And London has something like 600 neighborhoods. And Londoners live on average, I don't know, 90% of Londoners live within 15 minutes of those neighbourhoods. So if you can deal with 600 neighbourhoods and manage waste and circular economy in those neighbourhoods to bring down waste and increase recycling and and arm citizens with tools and help and advice and bring in companies and businesses that are circular businesses, that seems to me to be an easier task than managing to talk to 9 million Londoners about a range of issues. So um, that's an approach that we're doing, so we're doing top-down, but we're also going to do action from the bottom-up and we're really excited about that.
0: So collaboration is essential, but as Wayne mentions, this also needs to take place locally at community level. So what can a city's residents do?
1: You know, citizens and business and governments consume stuff and consume resources and. I guess one of the biggest parts of, of the pie is, is citizens, is Londoners. There's nine million people live in London, uh, another couple of million who travel into London or, or spend you know their, their tourist money in London each year. So citizens clearly have a massive role to play. I think though, that you know, the, the traditional kind of behavior change or, or nudge campaigns that's clearly needed and at Re London we run a, a recycling campaign and we also are about to embark upon a, a campaign around food and food waste uh, and healthy, sustainable lifestyles. So we can do all of that, but it is difficult, that behaviour change space. It's difficult because we don't have enough money to make the biggest impact to have all of the advertising that we would want. So we have to be really clever and selective about how we communicate with Londoners and what segment of Londoners we communicate with. And we've done loads of work on that. So we, we're we pretty sophisticated now. But I also believe that it's really important to provide Londoners with opportunities to make the right choices. And for those opportunities not to feel like you're doing the right thing, but you're you're choosing to do this because it's easier, it's better than the Uh, than the linear, non-circular alternative. And by and large, the businesses that we support and the businesses that we see out there, the circular alternative is the better alternative. You know, it's a damn sight better to borrow a drill from the Library of Things than buy a drill, own it, and use it once every 10 years. You know, it's better. We, We want to free people from the burden of ownership. It's better to rent a car when you need it once a year than to spend your life stuck in a traffic jam 365 days of the year. So we think uh, there are better alternatives than the traditional linear alternative. And providing Londoners with a plethora of opportunities, like we're trying to do through our Mindful Shopper website, which is a a gateway to some of these really interesting businesses that are better than the linear alternative. We think that is is a really good thing. So we want both to push Londoners to make the right choices and also to pull them. You know, we've got to use both of those strategies.
0: There is real belief then that we can create change by inspiring the actions of all Londoners. I asked Wayne what barriers currently exist that stop this change from happening.
1: We need to have money. Finance is always an issue, both private sector finance and finance to support some of the activities that we do. So funding is always an issue. There are many institutions nationally and within London who are doing really good work in this area. So trying to get, and and anybody who works in the city will recognize this, trying to get people aligned and the strategy delivered in a consistent way is always going to be a challenge. The ability of London to make its own rules and raise its own finance is historically a barrier, because we can't do that. So unlike um, uh, some cities in North America and in Europe, we, we can't raise finances through taxes. So there are barriers there. And you know, the, the current, what worries me is that the current cost of living crisis, uh, coupled with recovery from COVID. Uh, And and the the economic problems that that's created might mean that it's easier to have a a more blanket approach to supporting businesses rather than to target and support circular businesses. And we think it's really important to support circular business because, as I said earlier, you get this double dividend of economic growth and sustainability in in one hit. So um, that's important too.
0: Having heard about the challenges the city is facing... I was interested to hear what benefits the circular economy could offer to the capital.
1: There are three big things that I'd like to say in in relation to benefits. The first is that the circular economy is a massive economic opportunity for London. We did a report recently that identified that by 2030, if we follow the mayor of London's London environment strategy for waste... By 2030, we will have half a million people working in uh, jobs around the circular economy, both direct, indirect and core jobs. It's also worth uh, remembering that because of its redistributive nature, when we're going through a cost of living crisis, companies and businesses and third sector organisations operating in this space We'll be doing things that will be, by definition, helpful to lots of families and citizens in London. So redistributing food or tech or furniture or, you know, whatever it is, all of that, or sharing excess space or car space or whatever it is. All of those things will be really useful in the coming months when we're going through that cost of living crisis. And then finally, I'd say that the circular economy as a concept in practice means that uh, businesses are looking to shorten their supply chains. And by definition, because they're looking to mine materials within uh, the locality and reducing your supply chains makes you more resilient and makes you less um, susceptible to geopolitical market shocks. You know, we've seen it all too starkly. Um, how that can affect very quickly supplies of stuff in shops. So I think the circular economy is basically, um, it's our future and really we should be putting all of our resources, both policy and finance terms into thinking how we can really incentivize and strengthen the move towards more circular economy businesses in London and indeed uh, elsewhere.
0: So a circular economy provides an opportunity to navigate the current cost-of-living crisis and potentially safeguard jobs and communities. And as we've heard, the time to act is now. So what steps are ReLondon actually taking to help London become a circular city? Next, we caught up with their head of communications and behaviour change, Ali Moore. She leads their behaviour research and intervention work. Ali spoke to my colleagues Lou and Colin about some of the initiatives that ReLondon has created to empower people to take part in the circular economy. You work for ReLondon, but you used to be known as the London Waste and Recycling Board. Tell us about the brand renaming.
2: Yeah, so that happened about two years ago now, and it feels like we've been called ReLondon forever. Um, so it happened because the London Waste and Recycling Board didn't really represent any more what we are, who we are as an organisation, what, we, what we're what we passionate about. So... Um, Although we still do very much work on waste and recycling, we were increasingly working on the wider circular economy, moving up the waste hierarchy, um, and the name no longer really represented who we were, what we did, or why we did it. Um, And it also, um, we had an issue, which was that we had been developing programmes and a variety of different programme brands and websites over the years. We'd become increasingly fragmented and our stakeholders were a little confused about who we were and how it all fitted together. So it's given us a really great integrated platform to talk about the whole circular economy, not just waste and recycling, but everything to do with resource use and the climate emergency.
0: Oh, wow. So in terms of what you do then, um, can you tell us something about how you influence the choices that Londoners make?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, London is, it, we have three core straight stakeholder groups that we deal with. We work with local government, we work with businesses, and we work with citizens. Um, and in each of those areas, we have different ways of uh, enabling kind of better choice making, if you like. Um, so with our local authority team, they do a lot of work around things like flats recycling projects where they remodel the way that recycling services work on estates or uh, in different contexts. So they do a variety of different projects and we use behavioural science to inform that and help people make choices that we want them to make rather than ones that are easy and and not necessarily the most uh, sustainable. Um, In the business side of things, we work with small businesses to to scale them and to help them amplify and talk about the products and services that they're that they're uh, creating, Um, so we're providing more choices for people to buy um, circular products and services in the city by doing that. And then on the citizen side, we run a whole range of communications campaigns, um, talking to them about sustainable food choices, about circular textiles, about recycling, about repair, about a whole variety of things. So it's a really collaborative effort. Um, What sort of campaigns are you overseeing at the moment? um so we have a couple of food campaigns we have so london recycles which is our our sort of core campaign that we run on behalf of the mayor and the london boroughs um and as part of that we run a thing called repair week every year we've just finished our third year which has been extremely successful um We have um, Love Not Landfill, which is a a circular fashion or sustainable fashion campaign targeted at 16 to 24-year-olds with the goal of getting them never to throw their clothes in the bin. Um, And then we have um, a campaign called Food Wave, which is an EU-funded one, collaborating with 30 partners across Europe Um, And then we have a new one called Eat Like a Londoner, uh, which has just launched in the past week, which we're very excited about, um, which is helping Londoners eat more sustainably or have more sustainable food behaviours at home. You work across local government, citizens and businesses. What would you say was the split? Well, organisationally, it's about a third, a third, a third um for me personally i run um behavior change campaigns directed to citizens but i also do communications to businesses and local government i think my balance is probably about 60% Citizen, 60, 70% citizen and, and 30, 40% business. Um, but organisationally, we do things, we do quite a lot with, with businesses and local authorities. We combine it together. So for instance, a recent project, we worked with the London Borough of Bexley and connected them up with Olio, the food waste app, and Kitch, another app. Um, and we worked collaboratively with them to advertise those two apps quite intensively in a particular neighbourhood in Bexley. And then we evaluated what impact it had on food waste and food waste behaviours. So that in that instance, we kind of, you know, you take, if you, you start taking a whole system view and you talk to all the different partners that may potentially be involved with it and you, you get a very different experience and a different outcome. So we do, we connect it all up together all the time in different ways. So the key features of the campaign do allow other organisations to become involved and have you had a lot of enthusiasm towards that? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we have 26 different London councils involved out of the 33 that there are in the city. Um, We have uh, commercial partners interested in getting involved in different ways, um, including either by just, funding or by taking the materials and doing something with them. Um, So what it helps to do is it helps amplify the message out through different channels to different audiences. Uh, Every time we get a partner involved, there's been a real energy around it, actually. Lots of people really excited about it and, and getting in touch to see how they can get involved. So it's fair to say that cities clearly recognise the importance of collaborating with other organisations to get the message across to citizens? Absolutely, yeah. I don't think we could do it without that. Um, I mean, certainly coming from a sort of statutory body and from a local government perspective, we simply... I mean, the, the bottom line is we simply don't have the budget to be able to do it without partnership involvement. So the more people we get involved, the better. And you can just... You, you can talk to people in different ways, in different places, through different channels by getting those different partners involved.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it
0: sounds like a real success so far. What would you say the key ingredients are for running a successful citizen campaign like this?
2: Oh, we have a we have a little checklist that we um, that we use internally. Um, so a whole a whole range of things. So the first is one behavior, one audience at a time. Having said that, eat like a Londoner. Two big behaviors. So that's tricky, so there's a balance and a playoff there that we have to be quite careful. Um, So don't talk too conceptually, don't talk too strategically, one behaviour, one audience at a time. Um, We always do research, know your audience, go where your audience is, don't think that they think like you. They don't, they never do. Do your research, go and talk to them, be in their homes, find out what's really going on and then tackle the real issues that are coming out. Test, test, test. Um, everything that you're doing along the way and respond to that. Something that you really love in campaign terms might just not work. Um, Partners. Partners can always reach places that you can't reach. They can bring perspectives that you can't that you can't see Um, and make sure that you're motivating and empowering people to make the change themselves, that you're providing them with the information and the resources that they need to do that. Uh, Be creative, be edgy. We always say that you can be much edgier than than you think you can. We work in a local government space, which is quite safe and people are quite risk averse. And we try and push that and push that and push that as far as we can, because Londoners are very difficult to engage. They have a lot of marketing thrown at them every day.
0: Ali, thanks for coming in and telling us all about ReLondon today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: It's clear that the circular economy presents a massive opportunity for businesses and citizens throughout the capital. But if we are to turn this opportunity into action, every policymaker, every business and every citizen potentially has a role to play. Join us next week where we'll be turning our attention to another exciting partnership emerging in London. We'll hear more from ReLondon and Meanwhile Spaces to find out how forward-thinking design is allowing us to make better use of our buildings. I hope you can join us then. Thanks for listening. The Circle Comedy Show podcast is published by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation and produced by Skinny Mammoth Media. Thank you to our contributors, Wayne Hubbard and Ali Moore from ReLondon. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you shared it with a colleague or left a review. Speak to you next time.